And we are back 36 minutes after 11 o'clock, our Mellow Joy Coffee Time. Happy to be back with Richard A. Bear, A. Bear's Garden Center, on this beautiful Thursday morning. Uh, at least it looks pretty. I know it's still pretty cold out there, too. Yeah, it's, it's actually comfortable, nice. Um, um, it's not spring. It's certainly not going to be spring this, this weekend. But, um, you know, we we kind of head in the right direction. That rain is getting old, though, but uh, it's February. Yeah, I, you know, I, I heard it uh, pass, and uh, a couple of rumbles, but as far as I know, it didn't do too much in the way of damage. Yeah, how much did we get last night? I did not uh, I mean, it, look it, at that. It rained. I, I, would, I would minimum say three inches, but who knows. But um, it didn't look like that significant uh, of a rain event. Um, all, all day yesterday? I mean, from, from noon till this morning? I mean, I'm telling you, I think... At least three inches. That's my estimate, but I have no idea. But Let's other than see. I heard it, the uh, four tenths. There's a half. Um, nine tenths. Not much more than nine. Uh, maybe an inch. At I, least at the airport. But there's no you know way. how it, no it works. Yeah, there's no way we got more than that. Uh, I just don't know. I can't. Uh, I don't know. Maybe one of the, some a listener knows that has a gauge in in, maybe in, so. in town would, would tell us, but. So I want to talk this morning about what we can do for people who have existing uh, shrub beds, landscape beds, and uh, and we'll talk a little bit about existing vegetable beds. Not so much uh, starting all over again, but what we can do to prepare for the spring. It's too wet to do a lot of things right now, and it's certainly in many ways too cool to plant a lot of things, although you, you could plant potatoes now, and uh, uh, but we're kind of limited. I mean, you could plant a few things, but... But we're kind of limited on what we can do simply because it's, it's so cold. But you know, what generally happens, Jeff, is and even with the the lawns, what happens with the, the the landscape beds, they just get out of hand. People people aren't going outside at all. They get in their car, going and coming back and staying in, in the house because it's just uncomfortable, and so they don't want to look. And, and all of a sudden, the spring hits, and when spring hits. And we get a week of nice warm weather. Boom! These weeds just overtake the bed. Now you're looking at a a really mess. So now is a great time to make the effort, both in the vegetable as well as the lawns, but and with the shrubs and the landscape beds, to make that little effort. And it'll make a big difference in terms of how much work you got to do. And basically, what I mean is is uh, when it comes to the the landscape beds is now is a great time to get out there and physically weed the beds. Uh, you know, go in there and look at if, if anything that's growing and weed them out. Uh, it'll save you a lot of, uh, a lot of bags of, uh, of weeds uh, in terms of the quantity to go ahead and get it done now. And then what you can also do now is after they're weeded out is get ready to mulch. Put your mulch down. And what's, what that is going to do is going to eliminate or reduce dramatically that spring flush of, of weeds. And before you mulch, there are, there are granules that you can put down that will not affect the, uh, any of the pre-existing shrubs and will not affect any, maybe if you're going to plant bedding plants within that, that you can broadcast in there before you put the mulch. That's another added uh, way of decreasing the amount of weeds that are, that are going to be coming up. So, so physically get out there and weed the beds. And there are sprays that you can spot spray a bed. So if you have some big areas that, are, that have no plants at all, there are things that you can spot spray that won't affect the soil. 
and then you'd broadcast these granules and put a good minimum two, three, four inches of mulch on top. And that's going to eliminate a lot of that huge, uh, you know, that one weekend that everybody gets out and the, and the temperatures are, you know, it's 75 degrees outside and sunny and it's been that way for three or four days and you finally realize I got to get outside because the weeds are getting taller than the, uh, than the shrubs. And that's going to reduce that dramatically. And you still will be able to plant. A lot of people say, well, I'm not going to do it because I want to, I'm going to put a bunch of bedding plants within the uh, with which within with, with my shrubs, and you can still do that. And you can actually, what you could do if you know where, exactly where the bedding plants are going to go, you can actually till your organic matter at this point into that soil. So, weeding the beds, uh, if you're going to be doing any little plantings, actually till your organic matter into those areas. Then you broadcast your, your weed preventer granules throughout the bed, even where you're going to be planting the, the plants, and then apply your mulch on top. So it solves a bunch of problems there. One, it's the temperatures are much milder, and so, you know, you won't break a sweat doing it. Uh, it eliminates that big push in the spring so you can focus on actual planting and maybe adding a little bit of this, a little bit of that to it. And the place doesn't become looking really bad really fast and i realized that that we you know we had a hard freeze so you have a lot of stuff that's burnt back and at this point if things are going to start to sprout go ahead and you can go ahead and cut them back and uh i think i generally say you know wait another week to see what the two-week forecast is and we can still do that but if it's just getting so bad and you say i can't take it anymore go ahead and cut back your stuff and 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 the odds are with us but uh, ideally, if you wait till the middle of February and look at that forecast, you should be safe to know that, you know, if they say, hey, we got an Arctic front coming, then you can kind of wait. But uh, we can go ahead and uh, and kind of get ready. And it's just uh, it's just a little thing that it may take you a few hours to do, but it's going to be so much easier doing it now. And the same thing when it comes to uh, uh, the lawns. Uh, the lawns, what generally happens, it, it just gets overwhelming. And, and so by the end of February, we start to get a week of warm weather, and you cannot see the grass through the weeds. And so there, there, there are pre-emergents you can put down now and sprays that you can spray now that won't stimulate growth of the grass, which you don't want to do, but will, will, will maintain your lawn much better in terms of the weed growth, in terms of the weed prevention. And so that's easy to do. So you can do those in, in uh, tandem. When it comes to the vegetable garden, that existing vegetable garden, the same rule. Uh, you you want to go in there now and obviously weed, uh, and that's going to save you a tremendous amount of time. But it, and the reason I'm saying it's going to save you a tremendous amount of time, as soon as we start to get about a week of warm weather, man, the weeds are just going to just take off and grow big time, and you're going to prevent that from happening. So in the, in the vegetable garden, whether it be a raised bed, are in the ground and in the ground is probably going to be an issue right now simply because uh it's so wet and you really don't want to get in there and till it but these raised beds it's easy to do now's the time to go in there and manually manually eradicate all those weeds and add any organic matter that you want to add whether it be compost whether it be manures peat moss just mix that in there without adding your fertilizer and then level it out, and you would be ready for when it's time to plant. Now, what you can do in these raised beds, and you can do them in rows, too, as soon as it gets dry, is actually you can take visqueen and put it over the top of these beds 
the raised bed, and even even rows in the ground you could do this to. And what that is going to do, the visqueen can only be used pre-planning. Yeah, I was going to say. You can't do it post-planning. And But what it does is uh, it actually heats that soil. And, and one of the issues with planting like a tomato plant early is that you plant the plant and uh, the soil temperatures are still very cool or cold. So even though the... Uh, um, Air temperature may be 75 degrees. That soil temperature may be 10, 15, 20 degrees less because it just hadn't warmed up. So what the visqueen will do was allow that soil temperature to heat up. Now, once, you, once you're ready to plant, you're going to take the visqueen off. You do not want to leave that visqueen on. Whether you cover the plant or not, it'll get too hot. And that's why you see these fabrics. When they put fabrics down, they'll always use – and when I say visqueen, I'm talking about clear visqueen. Yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll use black fabric so that uh, that heat can come out and uh, and water can go in. So, But in terms of preparation, it's a great way to heat that uh, uh, heat the soil up so you can plant. And then you can also use that visqueen. There's no downside to that? Uh, no downside. There you go. No downside to that at all. Uh, uh, and, and I guess technically, uh, if it gets hot enough in there, and it could, it could, that it'll actually kill bacteria and uh, weeds in there in the soil. So that may Which be I would imagine is the goal. That is definitely yeah, the goal. Yeah, 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 definitely the goal. But but the minimum is going to warm those uh, those soil temperatures up. So when you plant a seed or you plant uh, your plant, the soil's temperature. But hold on to that visqueen because, uh, because you know, uh, again, I recommend trying to get an early start for small gardeners. It's a benefit for small gardeners to get an early start. And what I mean by that is that let's say you plant a tomato plant or a pepper plant or an eggplant early. And, you know, we, we have them now, but, boy, you're going to have to really watch them right now if you're going to plant them. But uh, if you want to get an early start, you could actually take uh, a box or, a, uh, or, or, or a, a plastic container and cut the top out and cut the bottom out if it, the, the box has a bottom. And you set it over these plants so they're getting sunlight. And but they but if it gets cold, the the top part of it is letting all the heat go. So that's where the visqueen comes in. Is that you would actually cover it with with the visqueen, so you can utilize it during the growing season. Now we've always talked about using visqueen to cover plants. You got to be very careful. You got to put it on late and take it off early. But uh, you know, as in uh, if you're concerned about freezing overnight, overnight that's exactly. What we're talking about exactly, and, and even temperatures, you know, not even necessarily freezing, just getting cold. You can cover them, and uh, that's really all they need, uh, you know, for that protection. Now, if it does freeze, that could be an issue with certain plants. But that's when you kind of um, kind of rolling the dice when it comes to vegetables. You know, you you're going to say, look, you know, here I am. It's the first week of March. I'm going to go ahead and plant and. Uh, I know it's going to get back into the 40s and 30s. Uh, the question is, will it freeze? And the odds are with you every day that goes by. That's not going to freeze. you got to figure we're going to get back into 30s. That's where the covering comes in, where you can cover it, and they won't get wind damage, and they won't get that uh, extreme cold damage. So you, the visqueen can be used in many ways, and you can use many things to, to, uh, to, uh, to cover plants. I mean, freeze cloth is great. But, the, uh, but in terms of getting that uh, soil temperature really uh you know heat it up that's going to help you a lot now what you don't want to do when it comes to a vegetable garden versus uh, a landscape bed i talked about the pre-emergent 
granules to prevent the weeds or prevent seeds from germinating. In the landscape bed is, is to prevent uh, um, uh, weed seeds from coming up. But remember, in vegetable gardens, for the most part, many times people will plant seeds, whether it's going to be a snap bean seed, whether it's going to be a corn seed, whether it's going to be a cucumber seed. They will plant seed in the vegetable bed. So if you're putting down a pre-emergent granule down, that's going to affect the germination. It'll kill those seeds. So you don't want to put uh, any pre-emergent granules in the vegetable garden where you know for sure uh, that you're going to be planting direct seeding seeds. If you're going to put a vegetable plant, like a tomato plant in, that won't be a factor. So it's the seeds you got to worry about. And the same would be true for a flower garden, although that's done much less, Jeff, in terms of people planting seeds anymore. That used to be a big thing 50 years ago, but not anymore. They're going directly to the plants. Yeah. But if you know you're going to be putting bulbs or, 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 or seeds, and you're going to plant zinnia seeds or whatever in the ground, then, yeah, you don't want to put these pre-emergent uh, granules down uh, for that reason. And so uh, you just want to be aware of that. But you can certainly... Uh, you know, people get anxious, Jeff, and they, and they say, man, I, I want to plant my, uh, you know, I want to I start, I want to do something, I want to plant my tomato plant. So there's things that you can do that will help so that when you do plant, uh, you know, it'll be much easier and you'll be ready to go. If you've done all your, your prep work, whether it comes in the landscape bed or the vegetable bed, when you get a day like we had yesterday and a night like we had last night where we get a tremendous amount of rain, Many a times, because your organic matter has been already incorporated, you could actually plant on a day like today because you're not adding anything to the soil other than fertilizer. And, and that brings out another point is that you never want to fertilize way in advance of planting. So you're just promoting weed growth. So, and then you're going to lose the nutrients by the time you plant. So a week before you could do it or the day of you could do it. And so, so just be aware that, that it will allow you – to get an earlier start and a big rain such as we had last night won't be a factor in terms of saying, hey, okay, I want to go plant my bedding plants. I want to go plant my tomato plant. Let me go check the soil to see if it's, if, if it's you know, pliable enough to dig. And, and you won't have to do that because you're doing a very limited amount of digging because you're just going to be digging where the plant is. And many times we tell people when you wherever you plant your plants, whether it be flowers or bedding plants, add a little compost to where you're planting it. But but that's okay. You know you can do that when it's wet. But you couldn't do it if you're doing it in a big area. It just it just stays too sloppy and too wet. Gotcha. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about uh, some of the uh, some of the vegetables that we can start early and some of the flowers that we can get an earlier start. We really haven't started, Jeff, in terms of. Uh, bringing in a lot of flowers, not yet. Uh, I think I'm going to start next week with some of the plants that we can start early and therefore not be worried about whether or not, um, uh, you know, we get a little north wind, which we will, Jeff. We'll get that in, in March. Uh, and I get it this weekend. That's, that's right. Sure. And uh, so some of the ones that you can get early starts are things like daisies, and I'm talking about Shasta daisies and Gerber daisies. Uh, calla lilies, geraniums are a great one. We get an early start on that. Uh, uh, petunias, you know, petunias we talk about all the time. That is one that you can get an early start and, you know, temperatures in the 30s won't affect it. Even a freeze won't affect it. So, and the drains the same thing. Drains can take the cold and take the cold. Dahlias, 
Uh, million bells, calabrachias, uh, those are very similar to a petunia, have a smaller flower, but can take that cold with no, no problem. Cyclamen, uh, calendulas, alyssum, lobelia, dusty millers, dianthus, verbena, and lantana. Those are, the, I guess, the, the, the ones that we sell a lot of that when people get antsy, you know, we'll say, hey, we can start. Let's start with these. And uh, they may not go all summer. That's kind of the drawback. Some of these will. I mean, some of the perennials like the daisies and the verbena and lantana go all summer. You know, things like maybe the, uh, uh, the cyclamen, the petunias, uh, even, even the drains may not bloom all summer. Uh, Alyssum will go all summer, but that will give you that window of, of, of that, that late February, March, April, and into May where you'll have some color, and, and, but not, not have invested a ton of money into planting something that's just going to die, die, die in a couple of weeks because it, the, it got into the 30s again. So kind of keep that in mind. The things that we're gonna that you're gonna start a little bit later that I'm a little bit wary of of planted planted early are gonna be uh, terina, scavolas, gumfrina, uh, marigolds, zinnias, coleus is one everybody gets really anxious about. But boy, it just takes a little some night some cool nights and some uh, you know if we get a, a, a temperatures in the uh, low 40s and 30s and a little, little moisture, I mean coleus just melt on you. And uh, Angelonia, which is a summer snapdragon, uh, you know, that's the ones that you don't want to start too, too early. You want to kind of wait till the middle of March and see what the forecast is and, uh, and, and then, then call a shot. And, of course, the big one we always talk about is, uh, you know, Vinca is one that cannot take any cold and you just don't want to get an early start on. We'll start bringing Vinca in about the middle of March, and even then we'll warn people and say, look, if you're planting – you know, four or five, six plants in a in a flower pot, no problem. Try it and see what happens. But if you're planting flats in your flower beds, it's best to wait. And uh, and sweet potato vines is another big one that you have to get a late start. And that's the sweet potato vine. I'm talking about the decorative ones that you kind of have to get a late start to uh, in order order for, order for them to do very well. But uh, you know, so there is there is ways to get out there and get started and make make things happen. That is uh, uh, that is going to be inducive for you to get an early start, but kind of get that antsiness going so that you're not going to be wasting time. If you want to plant one or two tomatoes, that's fine. You know, just be ready to cover and protect. But you know, kind of hang in there. We're getting close, and and uh, the, the weather's starting to change. Remind me about those sweet potato vines. I think I had some, and I'm trying to remember if those uh, would rise up along, say, a fence or something to that effect. Yeah, the, or was it more ground cover? Yeah, it's more of a ground cover. Yeah. So the the sweet potato vines, and they've become popular over the past ten years. Is uh, uh, it is is actually from the tuber of a sweet potato, but it, the color of the leaves is very distinct. Yeah. And the and the biggest one is that lime green looking one, uh, and and but there's now kind of reddish ones and burgundy and yeah, I seem to remember a bluish or maybe burgundy burgundy one. Yeah, and 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 different shape di- different shape leaves. So they really noted really for the leaf color and the leaf shape rather than a flower, although they do flower. But it's not that distinctive, and it's not that noticeable. And uh, but they spread like a weed, yeah, especially yeah. as temperatures grow more and more and more. And uh, but they like the, they like the warm. So the, the you know that's one that we talk about warm soil. You can warm that soil up, but but 
really they grow so fast i tell you there's no reason to do all that because they're going to just take off when those night temperatures start to get into you know the upper 60s and the day temperatures get into the mid to upper uh, 70s and 80s then they're going to really grow like a weed and uh and and, that, and jeff they will make a a sweet potato you know people people come you know, I said, look, I was digging. Look what I found. It's huge. And they don't know what it is. I said, what did you plant there? She said, we planted those sweet potato vines. I said, well, that's your sweet potato. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking of a vine that produced a, what looked like maybe a potato, but it wasn't. Not edible. What, what, are, what are those? Okay. So they vine on the fence? They would vine on the fence, and they would produce some sort of fruit-looking thing, but it right. was... Yeah, that is called uh, air potato. Mm. And uh, it is, you're right, the leaf shape is very similar to a sweet potato. Big, big leaves. Uh, they mostly green and glossy looking. Make a very beautiful. They really did. I, I used them to cover a chain link fence. I, exactly. And yeah. very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so that's called air potato. And, uh, I think I showed you once where it was surrounding my uh, direct TV dish. Oh, yeah. And it was like, when do you think we're going to lose our satellite service? <laughs> oh, yeah, they're very aggressive. And, uh, but air potato, and uh, it's a beautiful vine. Not known for the flowers, but it will make these big fruits. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what it is. I, if it's, I think it's a tuber, uh, an above-ground tuber. I don't know. But uh, it, uh, it's very aggressive, uh, very distinct, unique, and, uh, but, but it does very well. In fact, I have the same problem, Jeff, uh, at my house, I have a uh, what they call a evergreen wisteria. Now, when people talk about wisteria, Jeff, they kind of start shaking if they if they've had one in their house, and because wisterias are very aggressive, they'll grow forty or fifty feet tall. But this is a quote unquote evergreen wisteria, which means they stay green uh, all year long and they bloom in the summer as opposed to spring. But they're aggressive, and at one point, Jeff, I couldn't get in my backyard because the the evergreen wisteria had just uh, encapsulated the uh, the gate, and uh, it is it is a problem. And uh, so you got to be you know, you know talking from the professional who planted something in the wrong spot. Well, that was it. And uh, so you got to kind of be careful what what you're planting where and 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 note that things that you can get started on with the vegetable garden. Uh, at this point, we talked about potatoes. Uh, snap beans is one that you can get an early start. And the reason you get an early start is snap beans will, the, the bean itself, because you're going to direct seed the bean, you're not going to transplant a plant, will actually germinate in a cooler soil. So will potatoes. And so that's why you can get an early start. And sweet corn is another good one to get an early start. I still think it's a little early for the beans and the corn, but we're, you know, middle of, middle of February is a good guideline. And, 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 I, and I guess to kind of go in, in opposition of, of the uh, early start with the beans and the corn, you don't want to direct seed things like, uh, or don't want to direct seed early things like cucumbers and squash and okra. It does, there's no benefit to it. Uh, it will get beat up by the cold wind. It just doesn't work unless you have a little greenhouse structure that you're going to keep the whole plant in there. It just doesn't work for an early start. Whereas with beans, corns, and potatoes, it does work because the, the leaves aren't affected by the wind, whereas the, the, you know, the, the squash and the okra and the cucumber just have a major problem. And I say this all the time when people come in and they say, oh, I've got to get an early start. And I'm saying, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen is that if your plants do survive, the person who plants the seed directly in the ground a month later will, 
will will produce at the same time you will and have a hardier plant at that point. And it's just because they just can't take it at all, whether it be the soil temps, whether it be the north wind, they just can't take it. So pick and choose the plants you want to get early start. And tomatoes is one you can get early start on too because it can take the wind as opposed to an eggplant, which will just shrivel up if, if, if you know, if the plant hears that the front's coming through, they start shriveling up immediately. And so, so there are things you can get started early and things that is just not worth all the stress and energy because it won't pay off anyway in the end. And uh, so just kind of keep that in mind. I know it, it, it's, uh, we're getting close, getting antsy, but do the things that you can do that will pay dividends for you now, and um, I think it will work out much better for you. Anything else you want to add today? That's it, Jeff. All right. Always a pleasure. We'll look forward to the next time. Thank you, Jeff.